0: Thank you. Thank you for that welcome. A huge welcome to those of you joining us online and in Cambridge, Leicester, London and Cafe Church. Great to be with you. Why don't don't you join me in welcoming these guys who are joining us too. And on this first Sunday of a new year and the first Sunday of a new decade, happy new year. Hope Hope you've had a good Christmas in our house, Christmas has kind of ended yesterday. The lights are off, the tree's down. No more battling those nasty little green things. Go to the house forever. Those of you who don't know what they are, they're called sprouts. Gone for another year, praise God. I like this time of year not just for that, but because we're entering into a new year and you start thinking about what's lying ahead. I wonder if any of you have made New Year's resolutions. I wonder if any of you are still keeping your New Year's resolutions. Let me just read a few I I found on the internet, see what you make of these. One person said, my New Year's resolution is to be more assertive. If that's okay with you guys. (laughs) Somebody else, exercise always features high. New Year's resolution, exercise more. Brackets, exercise, brackets, my right to eat. More, brackets, tacos. Other (laughs) foods are available. Those of you with animals, my cat's New Year's resolution, is to continue staring at nothing. Somebody here, I think it was after exercise, just burnt 2,000 calories. That's the last time I leave brownies in the oven while I nap. And somebody else from a couple of years ago, some of you may resonate with this, my resolution not to go to the gym on days ending in Y. (laughs) You work it out. Now, whether you've made New Year's resolutions or not, I believe today as we come into a season where we're looking at this subject of faith, there's almost nothing better we could be looking at at the start of this year and this decade. And I I feel excited today for what I believe God is going to do amongst us in these next five weeks, but almost as a setup for this year and potentially for this decade. I, I do believe God is going to be releasing amongst us today and in these next few weeks faith. To see more happen in your life and in this church than ever before. I believe we're stepping into a new season. Now, how, how, can, you, how can you say that? Well, because faith changes absolutely everything. From the smallest thing, the, the mundane, everyday, normal part of life, all the way through to the biggest challenges of life, faith changes everything. Now, today we're going to be looking at one of the great chapters on faith in the Bible, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I would encourage you, I can't do the whole thing today. Uh, There's meals to be got, etc. But I encourage you, read it on your own sometime. It's a fantastic chapter that will build faith in your life. But what strikes me when you look at this is there is a, a phrase the writer uses again and again. He says, By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And he goes through, I counted over 30 times, where ordinary people like you and me were able to do amazing things by the power of God through faith. Now, I don't know about you, but as I look ahead, I'd like to see more of that in my life and in the the places where I minister and live. You know, we see here significant obstacles removed. We see overwhelming odds overcome. We see the destiny of nations changed. We see walls fall down, powerful individual breakthroughs, miraculous healing, the dead raised to life, miracles all over the place because God is the God who can do anything. Yeah. Now, about you, when I read that, I think, God, I want more of that. Now, what I want to do today is, first of all, define what faith is and then to give you three examples of Areas of our lives where I believe God wants to impart faith to you and me. Now, but first, let's define faith. Because we need to be on the same page as to what biblical faith actually is. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, we read this. It says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, faith, faith begins with God. God, the unseen God, is the author of faith. So please hear this straight away. We're not talking about here, go and make some things up. Just pick up your own dreams and visions. They may come out of it, but faith always begins with God and He is the author of faith. But it begins in our lives when He speaks to us. So it may be when you're reading the Bible on your own. You may be listening to a great weekend message from a Nigerian Yorkshireman. That was your opportunity there to go, yeah, we agree with you. Um, and suddenly on the inside, you feel faith arises. Now, now, what is that sort of faith? Well, what does a writer here say? He says, it's the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. Let's home in on those c- couple of words. It's important we get this. Now, assurance, the, you can interpret that to mean a foundation. In other words, God speaks... Assurance rises up on the inside of me that what He has said, He will do. What He has said, He will bring to pass. And there is an assurance on the inside that's like a foundation. It's like a stone. It's like a concrete base that I can build my life on. It may be contrary to circumstances, but because He said it, He's going to bring it to pass. And then the writer, it's almost like he's saying, that isn't enough. You need to get a hold of this. He says, it's the conviction of things not seen. And that word conviction there, it's a legal term. And the sense is, imagine there's a trial taking place, somebody's been on trial, the evidence has been looked at, and the, the conviction has come in. We've looked at the evidence, and we're sure about the result. And actually, that's what faith is. We've looked at the evidence, and we're sure about the outcome. Jesus really is risen from the dead. He really is back from the grave. He really is coming again one day. And faith is is a bold confidence on the inside about that. Now I think back to uh, 39 years ago when I gave my life first to Jesus. Yeah, I was six years old. uh, She's 17. Uh, Now what happened for me, I was in a meeting not dissimilar to this and as somebody spoke about what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, on the inside of me rose up a bold confidence Assurance that I could be forgiven. That I could have a new start in life. That what Jesus did 2,000 years ago had relevance to me. And it was like a foundation was built upon which you could build a life of faith. It was an assurance. It was a conviction. But actually, it's not just for salvation. Faith is for every single area of our lives. Now, I don't know about you. When I, as I've been meditating on this over the last couple of weeks, I thought, God, I need to learn more about faith. If it's about that level of conviction and certainty, I want to know more and I want to grow in more. Anybody else? It's like, God, would you do that in us again? And I I believe God wants to release something to you today, but I also believe over these next five weeks, he's going to be releasing higher levels of faith as we activate what God has done. So let me give you three areas. Number one, I believe God wants to release to you and me faith for a closer walk with God. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean a step-by-step experiencing God in our day-to-day life. And whether you're a a brand-new Christian, maybe you're not yet a Christian, but you've had some times when you feel like you've experienced the presence of God, or whether you've been a Christian for decades and you are used to hearing Him speaking, what I'm saying here is faith for an increase, a deepening of that closeness with Him. How many of you would like to see more answers to prayer? Measurable, tangible answers to prayer. How many of you like to actually experience God on a daily basis, not only on a weekly basis? How many of you like to have Him speak into your circumstances where you're clear about the will of God for this coming week? Well, that's what we're talking about here. Faith for that kind of relationship with God. Well, in in Hebrews 11, we come across one of my favorite men in the whole Bible. It's a guy called Enoch. And Enoch, we don't know much about him. But the Bible records that he was a man who walked closely with God. And then, then the writer says in the Old Testament, he says, then he was not. He was translated to heaven. In other words, the sense is Enoch is walking day by day, step by step with God. There's a conversation going on. And it's like God suddenly goes, let's bring him home. Let's take him to be where we are. Now, I could tell you, I have said to my wife, if one day I go off and I don't come back, then just assume I've gone to heaven. The Lord has translated me back. This is what happens to Enoch. It's like God loves his company so much. It's like bring him home where we can really have that kind of conversation. Now, how, how do you grow like that? Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Two keys here. Did you see that? If you want to experience the presence of God in increased measure, two things to to believe for. One, that He is. That God is real. And that He is a good God who wants to do good things in your life and my life. Now, here's the thing. How many of you know God has already promised that He is with you all of the time? There is never a moment, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, He has promised He will be with you all of the time. Do you know, you never need to pray, God be with me. He is with you. He's promised to do it. He's spoken about it. But what we can pray is, God, can you help me be more aware that you are real and you are here? You know, you can can make a choice with faith. Yes, faith is a gift. It only comes from God. But you and I, we're not passive recipients. We can actually activate faith by making a choice to say, God, I believe you're here and I believe you're good. You could take your own, maybe your workplace. I'm sure many of us would like to hear God speak more into our work situation. Well, maybe, why not make it a habit in this coming year to stop and pause as you go into your workplace to say, God, thank you. I believe that you are here and I believe that you are good and that you want to do good in my life. And and I'm actually fine. I've been doing that for many years and there's a kind of an increasing awareness of his presence. Now if you take, take kind of other areas of your life The last few years God's been kind of showing me That I've got a choice in this whole area Of uh, experiencing His presence or not And it's about activating faith I can literally switch it on You and I, we can in a sense switch on That awareness of His presence but Let me give you another area I'm sure many of you As you've stepped into this year You've got a Bible reading plan for this year And that's a good thing to do how many of you know, though, that there's a, there's a kind of counter danger that comes from the joy of ticking off today? Is it just me? It's like, oh, I've done today's reading, thank goodness. Now, here's the thing. Do you know, God doesn't want you just to enjoy ticking stuff. He wants to speak to you. He, he wants you to be in that place where regularly you're experiencing that faith rise up on the inside of you. Now, I, I've been a Christian 39 years and I, I can say with some confidence that the last 18 months for me has been a time when I, I would say I've walked closer with God than I've ever done in my life. And for me, the key has been this simple little phrase here, believing God is and that He is good. So for me, when I come to, to read the Bible, now I don't just dive in on my own. I actually just, I just stop for a few moments and I'll say something like, God, thank you that you're here. I believe that you are real, that you exist, that you have always been, you will always be, and all of you is here right now. And I believe you want to do me good. I believe you have something to say to me today. Now, the the truth is, that doesn't mean you necessarily get an amazing thing every day, but I can tell you nearly every day my experience has been there's something when I read the Bible that I feel like Jesus is there, he, sp- he knows my circumstances and he speaks into it. And for me, and I want to encourage you in this, I believe God wants to create in your life what you might call a, a virtuous circle. The opposite of a, a nasty circle. What's that called? The horrible one. A vicious circle. Thank you. The opposite of that. Where you come to God with faith, I believe you are. I believe you have something to say to me. And then as you read the word, faith rises because he says something to you specific that goes into that day there. And it's like there's a a rise of faith and an increase in that. Can we be a people who believe in 2020 and belong for a closer walk with God? Number two, I believe God wants to impart to us not just faith for a closer walk with God, but faith to see the impossible. Say the impossible. Now, I don't know if you've seen on social media that recent trend about encouragement to put up a photograph of 10 years ago and a photograph of today, and the idea is let's, let's compare these. I've got to confess I haven't done it, partly because you'd be all like, man, he's changed a lot in the last 10 years. What's happened to him? Was he really wearing those clothes? Um, and I won't say what I'd say about some of you that I've seen on those photographs too as well. Um, but I do say I, I am suspicious that some of you have cheated Because you don't actually look any different from 10 years ago. Here's the truth. A lot can happen in 10 years. I mean, would you agree? You look back, I don't know what your life was like 10 years ago, but a lot can happen in that time. And it's not all necessarily good. I I don't need to be a prophet to know that for some of you, maybe you're just glad that the 2010s have ended. And it's like, oh, I just want to put that behind me. But actually what this this passage in Hebrews 11 is encouraging us to do is to say, yeah, let's put that behind us, but with a faith of lifting our sights to who God is. It's almost like an encouragement. Let's not let what's happened there determine how we feel about the future. Because you know, if we look at the life of Kingsgate over the last 10 years, there have been incredibly good things. There have been amazing things. And I'd say we've seen some impossible things. I'll never forget praying for a woman who had one kidney and she needed two. And uh, we prayed for her and she got a second kidney. She went to the hospital. They checked it out and there it was. You know, God is the God of the impossible. He can do anything. And I believe when you look at this passage, that's really partly what it's about. It's like God saying, look up. Take your eyes off yourself and look at who he is. Because when you read this passage, what you see is the God who does amazing things. We see a couple, Abraham and Sarah. Most of you will know the story. They're elderly. Their likelihood, the rational likelihood of them having children is nil. But God promises them a baby and they have a baby. We see a God who heals the sick, who raises the dead, who makes the way through the Red Sea. He parts waters. He's a God who does the most outrageous things. Then then listen to this, verses 33 to 35. The writer says this, By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Let me ask you: as we look ahead to the next ten years, how many of you would like to see a photograph in ten years' time that has a whole bunch of those things there assigned to you, that's on your Facebook, and is saying, "This is what our God can do." Well, so how does that happen? Well, we, what we read about Sarah in verse 11 is this: it says, "By faith." There's that phrase again. Even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children. Now catch this phrase. Because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. This is so important, okay? Faith is not primarily about how hard I try. Yes, I can activate it, but it's not about how hard I try. It's about faith in his faithfulness. It's about trust in his trustworthiness. That if he has said something, he is responsible for bringing it to pass, and he will do so because he's good and because he's able. And that's what the, the life of Sarah tells us. Now, in many ways, what we see here from Sarah is an amazing example of faith. One way of defining faith is yes, it's assurance, yes, it's conviction, but another phrase from the original language is it's title deeds. Title deeds. Now, what does that mean? For those of you who've had the, um, the pleasure of buying a house, I wonder how many of you remember that moment when you went from, we'll accept our mortgage offer, to you've got the thing in front of you, that bit of paper, and it's signed, and you can go, this house belongs to us. Yeah, and Remember that moment? It's a great moment, isn't it? That house, you have the title deeds to that house, it belongs to you even though you're not yet living in it in a sense you you own it before you're in it it belongs to you and this is what happens with sarah somehow as faith rises in her there is a confidence that even though my circumstances say this is impossible because he's promised it he will deliver it and it's like she saw isaac before she saw him she was pregnant yes. before she was pregnant and this is what faith is it changes everything changes the way you pray Changes the way you act. When you know God has spoken something on the inside of here, you can believe He is going to do it and He will bring it at the right time. Now, I realize that for some of us, when you hear that, maybe the 2010s weren't great. Maybe there are things you feel, I, I, I need to put them behind me. And I, I want to encourage you, let's make 20, the, the first Sunday of this new decade. Why not make it a day when we put those things behind us? Maybe you've been disappointed Maybe you believe for some big things and they haven't happened. Maybe you've had some prayers and you haven't seen them. Or there's been stuff in your family or finances. Can I say, let's put it behind us today. I, I find that I have to let go of disappointment, of regret, of fear, of unbelief. If I'm actually going to be able to lay hold of what God has for me. And I really believe God is speaking to us in this season. And He's saying, Kingsgate, it's time to believe for the impossible. For some of us to start believing again. For some to just almost take blinkers off our eyes and say, Lord, don't let my past experience determine what I expect from you in the future. I love that song we sing, God do it again. Do you love that song? Do it again, Lord. I love that song. I want to see him do things he's done before. But you know what? I also want to see him do things we've never seen. How about you? I want to see in this next 10 years... God do amazing miracles that I've heard about elsewhere, but I'm not seen right before my eyes. You know, this this church was founded on that. Before Dave and Karen ever planted, as was Peterborough Community Church, when there was nine of them, they got a word from the Lord that said, Think big. Say, think big. Think big or you'll limit me. Now, how many of you think that was a word just for Dave and Karen or for all of us? That's for all of us. That is a word for you and me. And I have to ask myself, Simon, are you thinking big? As you look into 2020 and beyond, are you actually thinking big, impossible things for what God might do this year, might do into the future? I don't think God is ever intimidated by the bigness of our thinking. It's like he is the God who raises the dead, he is the God who can bring forth something out of nothing. The Bible says nothing is too hard for him. I, I, I was, as I was praying for you, I was reminded how some people when they set goals, you know in, in work there are different ways of setting goals. You can set smart goals and they're a great way of doing it. Another way of doing it is, is, is setting what some people call BHAGs. Big, hairy, audacious goals. Kingsgate, I want to challenge you, whatever your circumstances are, whatever the last 10 years were like, can we believe that in this next 10 years we're going to see God do big, amazing, not necessarily hairy, audacious things that make us go, only God could have done that. Only God. Let's believe, and I believe God wants to impart that to us these next few weeks. Number three, let's believe that God wants to impart to us faith for a closer walk with Him, Faith for the impossible. And third, faith for strength in tough times. Now, I confessing to you that the first time I read this chapter, you get to a bit, verse 36, where you read this and you think, what's this bit doing in a chapter on faith? Let me read it to you. These, these are great people of faith. It says, Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. And about you, I remember reading that and thinking, what's that doing in a chapter on faith? I thought when you were in faith, everything would go right and there wouldn't be any problems at all. But here's the thing that isn't the case. The truth is, and you all know this, that sometimes stuff goes wrong. And I have time now to unpack some of the why of that, but that is the reality. And faith doesn't say pretend what's going on in your life. You know, you, you and I, we're not called to be some kind of odd spiritual ostrich who when tough time comes, we kind of stick our head in the sand and go, it's not happening, it's not happening. It is happening. Okay, those are facts. And we, the Bible doesn't say faith is instead of facts. It says faith is greater than facts. And the call is, we can acknowledge the reality of what's happening, but say, actually, there is something stronger that's unseen, that's more real and more lasting. And I'm putting my focus there, not here. And that, that, that's a good thing to do. Listen to what it's. So these great people of faith. Verse 13, we read this about them. It says, they, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them... And welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. If you're in a tough time, a couple of things to get hold of. Yes, you can acknowledge the facts. They're real. Don't pretend they're not. But don't lose hold of the promise. Often tough times can make us move our attention away from what the Lord has promised onto circumstances. And our choices, Now get your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on the promise. You know, I want to be someone who when I go to glory, I'm still believing for stuff I haven't yet seen. God has got more things to do. But then also, see what, what, what these people did here? They said, this world is not all there is. See that? He said, and if you read the whole of Hebrews 11, you'll see people of faith... Have a rich interior life where what lies ahead is greater than what's right now. What lies beyond the grave is greater than what I'm facing now. And the promises of God are so sure that I have a certainty and a confidence on the inside. Do you know, if you're a Christian here today, you can be absolutely certain. Not have a vague hope so, but an absolute certainty about what lies for you beyond the grave. Uh, Faraday the great uh, British physicist and Christ follower uh, on his deathbed he was surrounded by friends and family and at that time it was kind of almost part of the, the culture that they would say to, say to them do you have any final speculations in other words what do you think is going to happen to you after you die I love Faraday's response he says speculations speculations I have none I am resting on certainties oh yeah Listen listen to Job. This is the Old Testament. This is before Jesus. Job, in the midst of terrible suffering, he suddenly stops and he says, I know, I have a certainty that my Redeemer lives. And that in the end, He will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see Him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me somehow this Old Testament saint before Jesus had even walked the earth physically he could see ahead and he had a certainty not only of life beyond the grave but of what's promised in the New Testament which is we will see Jesus we will enter into a new heaven on a new earth eventually and the, great, the greatest hope of Christianity is you're going to get a new body <laughs> How many of you are looking forward to that day when you get a new, renewed, perfect body that never gets weary, never gets tired? I think you can eat all the chocolate you like. Um, probably can't. Anyway, we'll see what happens. It's going to be amazing. That is the great hope and that is something you can have an absolute certainty about. There's a certainty. Jesus did die. Jesus did come back from the dead. He is ascended at the right hand of the Father. He is coming again. He's promised it and he will bring it to pass. And he's promised that in that day, you, if you haven't died before then, you will meet him and you'll enter into the place that he has prepared for you. Yes. As you can be certain about that. And I've told you this story before, but I'm going to finish with this. I think it bears repeating, partly because it had such an impact on me. My, some of you will know, eight years ago or so, my godly mum died. She'd had a, a long, good, fruitful life. And I had the privilege of spending the last, some of the last two or three weeks with her. And it was one of the most moving experiences of my life to sit with someone who knew they were dying and knew where they were going. And what struck me as I talked with her and prayed with her was she wasn't just not afraid of dying, She was excited. It was almost like, okay, I've done what I'm supposed to do on earth. Now let's get on with what's coming next. She had absolute certainty. I'm going to see Jesus. As Job says, I myself will see him. Not, not as through a glass darkly. I'm actually going to see him. And this, this body, and she was, she was nearly 90 by then. Sometime I'm going to get a new body. I'm going to live where there's no tears, no death. No pain, no crying, no hospitals, no fear, no anxiety. But for her, and this is my point, that wasn't a vague, I hope so. It was a certain, I know so. And you know, God wants that for you and for me. And as I I watched my mum, I I already had a pretty strong confidence about what lies for me after death. But I said to the Lord, I want faith like my mum's faith. I'd watched her over many years. She was someone who fulfilled that first call. She'd walked closely with God. Not spectacularly all the time, just day by day, reading the Bible, meeting with Jesus, trusting Him and obeying Him. But over the years, what happened was a, a confidence, an absolute confidence. God can do the impossible. He'd seen a healer of some amazing stuff, do incredible things. But particularly for her, it was that confidence of what lies ahead. And that's what gives strength in tough times. Now, I don't know about you, but I want a faith like that, a growing faith like that. And as I bring this message to a close, I want to finish by praying for us. I'm going to pray for those three things for God to release amongst us a faith for a deepening relationship with Him in 2020, faith to see the impossible and a faith for strength in tough times. So why don't you join with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this amazing gift of faith. Thank you that it starts with you and you release it to us. And Father, I stand on behalf of all of us in Kingsgate and Father, we pray, would you release to us new gifts of faith for this coming season and to to live more from the unseen than the seen. Lord, to believe the truth of who you say you are, to hang on to that and believe for that. And Father, I ask you, would you open the eyes of our hearts to see impossible things that you want to do in us and through us? And I pray that every person may have an inner conviction, confidence of what lies beyond us in eternity. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say aloud.